From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to Total SF and welcome back to the podcast, Jessica Christian. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. Jessica, um, we've had adventures together. Uh, you have come along with us on Total Muni. You rescued a dog, our 49-mile scenic route. You were a great part of that. But I think probably my all-time favorite piece of work in the Jessica Christian uh, photo book came on September 9th, 2020. Um, what does that day mean to you? That is um, forever known as the Orange Skies Day. I think that it is this strange contrast and, you know, connection between this breaking news thing that's happening and the world is literally on fire here when it comes to that, but also just kind of bringing all of those issues of climate change, of everything else that's going on in our world right now to our front door and to the San Francisco skyline. And for me, it's just a reminder of those different ways that you know, we're treating our planet and that a sky like that should not be happening. <laughs> but also part of that day for me is is I remember it as this absolute surprise. And I don't know if people are going to remember that. And um, something that we're going to talk about in this podcast is it was an absolute surprise, but you were just in go mode from the start. Yes, it was something I woke up to and realized that it would be of note, you know, it was important. And it was another thing, too, that I think it was a reminder, that whole day was just a reminder of how everyone comes together when these things happen at the same time. We were all affected and we all kind of needed comfort from each other. And that's something I felt strongly on that day that we, you know, we're all documenting the same thing and talking about the same thing. Um, And it was just so, so strange. But yeah, total work mode, total total go, 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 but also at the same time trying to process it in my own way and see how I felt about it and made sure that I would never forget it. Well, Orange Skies Day, I will never forget it um, in large part because of your photos. We're going to just talk about your journey, what it was like waking up, how you got some of those shots and videos, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about kind of what it means to, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Jessica Christian, and this is Total SF. Welcome back to Total SF, my friend, Jessica Christian. Hi, thanks for having me again. It is wonderful to have you. Um, We're going to see if my dog interrupts or doesn't interrupt, but my dog knows you and absolutely loves you from the last podcast, so I'm hoping she's really well well behaved. Yeah, I really miss Riley, right? Riley. Ripley. 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 Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I miss Ripley a lot. I'm looking over at her. She's not even insulted. She loved you so much. That's Um, (laughs) So we last spoke in... It was early March. I think it was just before the shelter. Um, You were in my house. I I thought we were being super safe. I had like a like tape measure that I pulled out, and now I'm feeling like I could have killed Jessica. Um, I'm so sorry. (laughs) 
No, I can't believe it. Like, I looked back kind of at the photos we were taking of, like, I took some photos of you with your tape measure, and I'm just absolutely shocked we weren't wearing masks and that I was inside. It was just crazy. And that was, it just feels like years ago. It, it feels like many years ago, and, um, and, and so much has changed. I wanted to, we're going to talk about Orange Skies Day, but I wanted to just ask you, like, how things have changed for you, because I see you, you'll, you'll post a photo, and you have, like, two different lines on your face from the masks you're wearing and stuff. Just what's your day-to-day been like as we've gotten further and further into this pandemic, mostly in terms of just your safety and, and that type of thing? Yeah, so I feel like it's been such a different vibe since the early days. I was so much more anxious in March, I think, and April than I am now because we just really had no idea how to navigate this. I think as the months have progressed and as I've been, you know, challenged with even more riskier situations almost every month, I've gotten the hang of it. And so it's kind of just been this this routine I've gotten into when it comes to wearing two masks whenever I'm inside, um, cleaning my gear down with alcohol. Um, a lot of times I'm around people that aren't wearing masks at all, and sometimes that's indoors. And, like, I've just had to have my own personal work of just, like, keeping my anxiety down and realizing that all I can do is, you know, be responsible for myself in those situations. And, you know, it's more about me being nervous you know, getting someone else sick because I'm so out there in the world. And that's kind of been funny. Like there's been instances where someone like people really do make fun of me for wearing two masks. They're like, what are you (laughs) doing? And I kept being like, oh, you know, I've been in hospitals. I've been in nursing homes. I went into a COVID floor and then they like slowly back away. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why, you know, if you're going to judge me for that, like you still think it's not like a really big deal, but yet you're, you're nervous about me. That's the reason is like, I don't want to expose anybody, but it's just been crazy because it was COVID and then it was protests and then it was fires. And then, you know, since Orange Skies Day, I've covered two fires that weren't even related to the Orange Skies Day. Like, I just can't, I can't believe it. You, you, I just heard you call it Orange Skies Day, uh, September 9th, 2020. Is that what you call it? Yes, that's what I've been referencing every time someone brings it up, which is a lot lately. So I, I think of that day um, I'm, in a positive way, I swear. I think about you because your journey sort of became my journey because like a lot of the Bay Area, I sort of just went into a fetal position and couldn't cope. Um, and I remember you out and about that day. I wanted to start just with that day. Were you, uh, were you on duty and what happened? You woke up and then what? So I woke up, I remember it so well. It was like, I have these really big windows and it was yellow. It wasn't even orange yet. And I was just so confused. I didn't know what time it was. It was, it just threw me off. It threw me off so hard that there was just this weird warm light coming in my window Um, I woke up and I just started kind of looking out the window and it was just weird because we were used to smoke and we're used to like kind of a haze, but there wasn't a smell of smoke. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's weird. Why is it like this? But there's no smell, like a smoke smell. So I immediately got on Twitter as we all do when the world blows up. I was just like, (laughs) what is going on? I don't know what's going on. And everyone seemed really like interested in it too. I mean, we all woke up to the same thing, which was it's one of those things that I've heard a lot of just like everyone's going to know where they were on the Orange Skies Day because we all experienced that together. 
And so I was immediately, I tweeted out a picture from my front like yard just through my window. Mm-hmm. And then I started texting my editors because the breaking news photographer and me knew that this was, you know, talked about and this was going to be something, you know, of the day of note. Mm-hmm. And I told my editors, I was like, I'm going to go walk around my neighborhood because I do little morning walks every day when I can, when I don't have work. It was, you know, also my lab day, which is a day that the photographers have been given to like work from home and catch up on our edits, catch up on other things that we need to do that aren't out in the field. So it's a day that they're not really allowed to call me, <laughs> but I kind of created this assignment for myself because I just couldn't stay away. I knew it was just like so crazy. It was interesting and I wanted to know more about it. So I started walking around my neighborhood. I started posting photos and got a lot of attention, you know, through Twitter from just people, local people that were, and also, you know, over time, people that weren't so local, but people were just like, so where's this picture? Like sending me photos Barack from there. freaking Obama. <laughs> Sorry. That was we'll a talk, whole story. We'll talk That's about story him later. Sure. But you're um, in, you're in a, you're in Oakland, right? I'm in Oakland. So I was in North yeah. Oakland. I had to go to the newsroom to get a fire extinguisher for my car for the fire coverage anyway. So I was <laughs> yeah. like, Okay, I guess I'll, and I told them, I was like, I'm going to go to the office, I'll stop by the Embarcadero. At that point, we had, like, mobilized every one of our photographers, like, our editors kind of said, you're going to go here, someone went to the Golden Gate Bridge, someone went to Lake Merritt, so I'm like, I'm going to go to the Embarcadero, because that's just the scenic, I was thinking, really, I was thinking about that photo, looking down Harrison Street towards the water, where you can see the bridge straight through, and what that would look like, and so... I drove over the bridge that was I took I tried taking photos on my phone which isn't safe but I was like in stop traffic from the toll plaza which was weird too I was like why is there traffic (laughs) I haven't been in traffic in seven months that's a great little footnote there was there was a sig alert on orange skies day I just assumed it was dystopian and everything was abandoned no, there was a sig alert. It was kind of like that meme where everyone's sitting at their desk and there's fire and it's like, everything's fine. Like people were going to work just normal, but yeah. it looked pitch black like at that point. Another thing too is that it started yellow and it started like a pale orange. And as time progressed, it got darker orange. So by yeah. the time I'm at the toll plaza, it's yellow, but it's dark color. So the closer we got to San Francisco, the darker it was, which I noticed right away. I did not go to Treasure Island first. I actually went straight to the Embarcadero. Uh And I parked, and it's kind of like I have the same feelings whenever I'm covering, you know, protests or anything breaking news where I'm just eager to get out of my car and start doing my job. So I was, like, Mm -hmm. trying to find a parking spot. Another thing, I was, like, shocked I couldn't find parking in the Embarcadero because for months it's been a breeze. But -hmm. yet for some reason downtown was just so crowded. Do you remember where you parked? I think I parked at Folsom and the Embarcadero. So uh-huh. I did a couple loops around there. I popped out um, of my car and I crossed the street and I went up to like, you know where that arrow statue is? Mm-hmm. I was right to the right of that statue on the Embarcadero. And there were people just, this, you know, it's weird because I, I noticed everyone just stopped and was on their phone recording this guy. Like people didn't know what to do with themselves at all. And I didn't either because it was just kind of, you know, so weird. And it was the first time in seven months that I had strangers on the street trying to small talk me. Like that hasn't happened in quarantine because people don't want to get close. You don't know anyone. But there was this like genuine, genuine, just, you know, camaraderie of like, they just wanted someone else to talk about how crazy this was. 
together and there are people like hey what's going on like you know just like kind of cheesy and especially with me I have two massive cameras on me and a video phone thing and I wanted to ask about that because I started one of the freakiest parts of all this for me was um, it put me over the edge was when I went out and started trying to take photos and I guess because of the white balance or something on my phone, the photos look normal. So I'm like, am I going crazy? Am I imagining this? What are you shooting with? What are you bringing with you? Um, you mentioned two cameras. I have two cameras. So um, I use just a 5D Mark IV, two 5D Mark IVs with different lenses, which is like a wide lens and then a really long lens just to get a zoom. Mm. Um, for the videos that I was taking, I actually had to download an app called Camera Plus that allows you to adjust your white balance. How we learn in photo school is that you take a photo of like a pure white piece of paper and Mm -hmm. that's kind of like your your base and it'll tone everything surrounding that white, that pure white color. So I had a piece of paper in my car. Before I went out, I took a picture of it and I used that as my, my balancer. And that's how I got like the genuine color of the sky because yeah, it's weird. It's like a black mirror episode that our phones wouldn't let us record (laughs) what really was going on. It was like we were being gaslit by our own phones. So weird. But that was the way I had to do it my for video purposes because they wanted little videos just for the website and different different posts that were gonna be happening through the day. And that's kind of the thing that got most popular on Twitter were those videos because Number one, I think it was, like, with the pictures, I had so many people being like, this is fake. Like, this isn't real. You just contrasted it. But with the video, you really can't say that because it was, like, moving people and shadows and, you know, other colors involved. So I was using that, and I was setting my cameras to the white balance. First, I set it to the daylight white balance, so what it would have been like in a normal Mm -hmm. day, and it balances towards that. And then at some point, I think I just adjusted it the way with a white balance card. Um, but it was kind of just juggling those three, my phone, my long lens and my short lens while not just posting on Twitter, but also sending these things to like our work Slack channel so they can put it on the website. So just another breaking news kind of jungling game, but it was surreal. There, there are a couple shots I'll, I'll never forget. One of them is, I call it like the game angle, the movie, the game he's heading down, Uh, I think he's actually heading down, um, might be Folsom or Howard, toward the Bay Bridge. And you have that shot from from inside downtown looking out toward the Bay Bridge through some buildings. The other one was the gentleman with the mask who had just this expression that even with a mask, to me, is like the 2020 expression of what the hell now, you know. (laughs) Tell me about that shot and that individual, um, how you set up the shot, and then if you ended up having a conversation with him and and finding out who that was. Yeah, so his name's Eli Herrick. I'll never forget that. He (laughs) would just, like, lived on the Embarcadero. And, I mean, with photojournalism, the goal is to make everything as natural as possible. So he was just looking up at the sky and doing little circles while standing on this cement block that's kind of there as, like, a seating area. So I kind of was walking slowly behind him and just started snapping pictures while he was kind of doing little circles and looking around. And then he, like, turns and sees me and was kind of like, isn't this crazy kind of thing? Like, just so so shocked. And if you look at that picture, too, you could see to the left, there's a, a seagull also looking up at the sky. Uh-huh. So they were both kind of like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and he was wearing what was... And also, I was like, 
it was kind of a nice contrast because he was wearing the classic N95 valve fire mask. It's not like a mm-hmm. COVID mask. So I was like, you know, this this contrast of like a smoke, smoky sky, smoky mask, but mask because of COVID. Um, and then we just started kind of talking. He's like, yeah, I live on the Embarcadero and I saw this from my window and I thought I'd come and see what's going on or just get a better look. And then I kind of did a little video of him and with some people going, you know, walking past him while he just stood straight looking up. And then I walked away and kept taking photos and I put that picture on Twitter. And I think about 10 minutes later, he finds me again and he's like, did you put that on Twitter? Because I'm getting all these texts of people saying, like, go home. Like, why are you outside? Like, people had seen his name online. And we're like, that's my friend or something and texted him about it. And we were yeah. kind of laughing about that. But shorter interactions than normal just because of COVID. We'll be right back after this short break. While this is happening, are you just personally thinking holy shit, this is crazy, and how do you kind of balance that this is crazy factor in your own personal assessment of what's going on with doing your job? I think that it's always been this vibe where it's like I kind of switch to work mode where I'm like, I need to get content right now, and like I kind of run on the adrenaline. It was kind of an adrenaline rush of like, this is crazy, this is a never-before-seen thing, this is going to be really talked about forever kind of thing, but using that kind of as a motivation and a drive to make photos that were really interesting and make videos. And it was kind of just like, I had this feeling of like, I need to capture as much as I can because this is going to literally be historic. And I knew that as I was doing it, just because of how I did feel like I've never seen anything like this in my life. And neither had a lot of people on the street, which, you know, like I said, when, when everyone's stopping on the street to talk about the same thing in one of the biggest cities, like, you know, it's a really big deal. (laughs) Yeah. I I compare it to the um, snow day right now. I think like the 1976, it snowed. Everybody who lived through it remembers it. And we have photos and they look absolutely surreal. I think one of two things is going to happen. Either this never happens again, uh, or it doesn't happen for a long time. And this becomes like that. I mean, a thing that in 20 or 30 years, another generation doesn't believe it happened, you know, even when you show them the photos, or this is the first time, which really scares me. Yeah. Um, Oh my God. That's true. I haven't thought about that yet. But either way, I think it's going to be, you know, really well remembered. Um, You you were were cruising through the city, though. And I I remember that snow day when I went down in our archive, the Chronicle archive. And any time I've looked at those snow day photos, I can tell you what every photographer did that day. I can almost, (laughs) like, get a map and show you this is where Clem Albers went. This is where Gary Fong went. Uh, Peter Breinig got up in the airplane and, and shot around here. You could almost map it out. And that's how I felt when I saw your photos. Um, you started at the Embarcadero, but then headed west? I actually didn't even go west. So the photos you were talking about with the Golden Gate Bridge were Gabrielle's pictures. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. So the thing is, I ran into Gabrielle and Leah on the Embarcadero, too. And none of us knew each other was going to be out. And it was just hilarious because we haven't seen each other in seven months and we Mm. all had the same idea kind of thing (laughs) so I was taking those photos in the Embarcadero and then we kind of chatted with each other and Gabrielle was either going to go to Dolores Park or to 
Golden Gate Bridge. And I was like, oh, the Golden Gate Bridge would probably be really surreal just because yeah. that's such an iconic spot. So I stuck to the Embarcadero and mainly because I was trying, I mean, it's another thing is trying to force myself not to work when it's not my day to work is hard yeah. for me. And so the, even the editors are kind of like, this is your lab day. Like you don't have to go out all day long and take photos and every part of me wanted to, but I just kind of restricted myself to the Embarcadero. But what happened was I was driving back home from that, that spot back to Oakland and I thought about the skyline. I was like, that's going to be such a Blade Runner photo. <laughs> I need uh, to make that photo because of like the twinkly lights through this through the orange sky. It was just so weird. So I just pulled off at Treasure Island before I went back. Yeah. And everybody was kind of pulled off on the side of the road looking towards the city. And every, there was no traffic rules at that point because everyone was just on their phone, even driving, taking photos and videos on Treasure Island. And I just pulled over and, and started taking pics. Yeah, and that's the um, that's the photo of the... I think that's the most Blade Runner-y photo. Uh, technically, I'm going to get super geeky here. Blade Runner 2049, because um, Blade Runner was mostly filmed at night. I'm totally okay. uh, Blade Runner splaining you, and I apologize <laughs> for it. But, but the Transamerica Pyramid, I think just... There's something about, I mean, I've, I've known it almost my entire life, but there's something about the architecture of that structure that just made things even weirder. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. It was also like there's layers of dark orange. It's not just like one color. Cause, so the reason this whole thing happened was because of like a weather phenomenon where the smoke was sitting above a fog layer and the sun was, was reflecting through both the smoke and the fog, which illuminated it so orange. Mm -hmm. And that's why we didn't smell it. And so you could kind of see in that picture those layers of fog starting to break up, which was interesting to me because after that photo, like the sky didn't wasn't that orange anymore. And it just kind of like started moving and changing. So I felt in that moment like, oh, wow, if I didn't get to the city at that exact moment, the photos I took wouldn't have been as powerful. Yeah. And it's kind of like a thank God I did. But yeah, it's just surreal. It's just like a once in a lifetime opportunity. I, I have the, I actually went out and bought the front page the next day. I mean, it's yes. one of my, I don't I'm actually working, I, I have it. I'll give you mine. You deserve oh it. I can, <laughs> I can get one from the archive. But, um, yeah. but it's in my, and I've been sort of like mentally for a project I want to do, picking some of the best front pages of all time. And it is right up there. It's fantastic. I wanted to talk about who else was out there because I made a mistake. I thought you shot the Land's End shot, but that was Gabrielle. Gabrielle, Gabrielle shot Lurie. the photos. Yes, Gabrielle yeah. Lurie was at the Land's End. I'm not sure about the others. I know that Yoshi James was at Lake Merritt because I was going to yeah, go the there. Yeah, Fairyland photo. Yeah. yeah, those photos were <laughs> insane. And then I'm not sure about the other staff members. I think some of them didn't work until later in the day. At that point, I wasn't really following it. Uh, Scott Strazanti actually went to the beach, I think Stinson Beach, and that yeah. was pretty surreal. And everyone had their own kind of take on it. And it was just funny because I think that they said that we got like over a million views on that slideshow of just orange pictures. And that was just like, just we had so many photos that they said the copy desk didn't want it anymore. Like they hit, they're like, that's too many. We don't want to put any more <laughs> in this slideshow. It just didn't make sense to them. And so it was just like funny that we had made so many pictures like that. Yeah. But yeah. So you're, you're, you got, I remember very 
strong reviews for your photos. I was telling people that I wanted to put them all in a coffee table book, you know, and, and I, in the morning, I didn't even want to remember the orange day again, but they were so striking. Um, but then you get, <laughs> you get the tweet later. Did you know the Obama tweet was coming? I did. I, mean, I knew it was, it was coming. So, so what happened with that? So, like, I get this... I'm going to read you the message I got because it was just surreal. It was this random message on Twitter, and it was like, Hi, Jessica. I ran digital for President Obama. The photos you took are extremely powerful, and I wanted to get your permission to post it on the president's social media. Are you okay with that? I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) I just didn't even... I sat there, and I told my roommate, and we kind of just, like, freaked out because, like, part of me was stoked. Obviously, I was a bit over the moon, but it's also, like the chronicles photos so i didn't know how to respond because i just didn't know about the licensing so i just said oh my god that would be amazing honor you can email licensing at sf chronicle to figure out how to make that work kind of thing and so i did that and it was it was just i didn't know when it was going to happen i didn't know if they talked to them and and you know made a deal or not but it i was actually talking to my therapist right when I got this notification <laughs> that I was, um, I was just saying like, I just feel, you know, I'm just hard on myself. I don't feel like I'm doing good work. And then all of a sudden my phone's like going crazy. And then <laughs> like, did you see, did you see, did you see? And I was like, oh, okay. So like the self-validation was through the roof at that moment, but it was weird because it wasn't the first message. Like there were so many people through the day trying to use those pictures, like Weather Channel, different outlets, BBC, all these random things wanted to use them. And it was just kind of the day spent like trying to redirect those requests. But that was definitely the most important one to me. Was there a piece of you that just wanted to come back to Obama and go, you can use it, but I want my federal student loans forget yeah. well the other thing i was joking about was he already follows me on twitter before the orange sky day so obama's yeah. account follows me and me and my partner were joking like he's sitting there like hey michelle look at these pictures how do we get these on our on our instagram it's <laughs> like email like there is a possibility that he saw that and like asked to figure out how to do that and i just in my heart i'm like okay that's the story for me and no matter what like he saw pictures that i that I took, you know, on top of that came with a message about climate change and about, you know, it was like, he used my pictures for, you know, a really important thing that we need to be talking about. And that's an honor. So rude. Well, congratulations. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I also loved how, I don't know if you loved it, so I'm going to ask you, but like the entire Chronicle flipped out, including me, because initially it looked like you didn't have credit. And if you clicked on the photos, there was a little, I called it microscopic, but there was a little credit on the bottom. But initially, he didn't tag you or anything like that. And I would say a good portion of the Chronicle newsroom uh, took issue with that. Yeah, I would have What were your like thoughts? I guess I was, like, happy just to be there. I was just, like, I was honestly happy they watermarked them. Because what actually happened after that is Gavin Newsom took those pictures with the same watermark. So he basically like took the photos from that tweet or from that Facebook post. And if my name wasn't on it, I wouldn't have gotten credit there either. You know, if my name was in a caption or something, they could have used those pictures far and wide. But they continued to be shared around. And, you know, my name was on there. And it's a bummer that they didn't link to the Chronicle. But... It was, yeah, it was kind of complicated. I was just happy. I was stoked as a person, but as a publication, I was like, 
And then every time like someone replied to that tweet or I think I replied to his original tweet about it, just like subscribe to the Chronicle. Like if you like these photos, <laughs> just kind of like plugging myself in there. Just cause yeah. you know, had to happen. And then Kamala Harris shared one of the videos I took after that. And it was kind of like, okay guys, this is cool, but I don't know what this means for like the Chronicle, but it was cool. Oh, it's all, it's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was a horrible day and a lot yeah, of it's weird. It was a catastrophic day, but I mean, just, I, I'm just so stoked anytime we're getting attention like that and national attention. And I, I've said this before that I look back, you know, at different eras in the Chronicle and I can kind of pick out what eras we were really kicking ass uh, 70s to like 82, um, right after um, uh, World War II, uh, the 20s. I think like we're kind of doing that now. I think when people look back, they're going to look back. And so anytime there's an event like this, I just, I'm like, okay, this is part of it. We're rising, you know. So I was super, I, I don't, I hope this doesn't sound patronizing, but I'm much older than you. So I think I can say it. I was super proud of you. I just thought oh, it was a wonderful, wonderful day for you and, and for the paper. Yeah, it was very, very strange. It was like, yeah, it was complicated because for, as journalists, our goal is to like use our work and our pictures and words to promote change and you know, bring perspective. And as awful as that day was, it's like, I feel like I did my job in a really great way. And, you know, I made, if not like a large change, it was like, at least made people look at something that made them stop for a second and think about the world we're living in and their part in it and everything else like that. Well, last question. Um, What do you, do you think about what people are going to be thinking about this in 10 or 20 or 30 years? What Orange Skies Day means i mean um have you thought about it that you know thirty thousand foot view how have you internalized this event that happened to us i feel like the only thing i can think of is just it's just a stark reminder of like yeah that's surreal and strange but we also have to like bring attention and remember like that is not normal and that shouldn't be normal you know and it's like if this does happen again it's you know our failings as a world population when it comes to climate change in general just like you really can't ignore it and that was one of the first times that you know it forced people to stop for a second and look at see like okay what is making this happen what is my role in this how do we make sure that like we take care of each other and I think it'll be seen as like I mean for California we've had so many different drastic natural disasters like flooding fires droughts and all of those things accumulated under that picture where you can kind of see it all come together at once. So I hope like it, it holds as a reminder for people to continue to pay attention to the way that they treat their environment and, you know, the the ways that they they interact with that. I mean, my roommate, I remember like the day of the Orange Sky Day, she got so freaked out that she's like, I need to make an emergency bag. Like I need to right now. Like I need to start getting my things together because this is real and it's in my front yard. I think that's kind of what it what it holds for me. It's just like a reminder of that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100%. And I mean, because I'm a little older, I feel a lot older, I feel a little bit of guilt because I feel like I, my generation, the Generation X was so into our music and our look and all these stupid things that I feel like we kind of let this happen. So um, I hope my children and grandchildren are better and... Uh, 
Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I've been dying to hear this story since it happened. I wish I got it that day, but I just really appreciate you coming on and uh, really enjoy your work this year and all the years. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. And I'm looking forward to more Total SF podcasts to get me through quarantine. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. Thanks, Jessica. Thanks. Bye. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to my guest, Jessica Christian. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by treating yourself to a digital Chronicle edition at sfchronicle.com slash pod.